In this episode, we talk cryptocurrencies. Are they taking root in Africa? Join us for this episode where we discuss uptake, volatility, and so much more. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Although Africa captures only 2% of the global value of all cryptocurrencies received and sent, making it the world's smallest cryptocurrency economy, the rising prominence of this innovative form of money is altering traditional financial flows to and from the continent. Numbers from the World Economic Forum put crypto value growth at 1,200 with $105.6 billion worth of crypto assets amassed between July 2020 and June 2021 on the continent. Robert Njogu, founder of Neon iLabs, a blockchain investment company, joins us for this episode. What are some of the issues that will influence the uptake of cryptocurrencies on the continent? Uh, one, I think we have to realize that Africa is one of the, uh, we have quite, uh, our cross-border payment system is very poor. Like, for example, if I want to send someone money in Angola right now, it would be very, very hard from East Africa to Angola or from Kenya to Angola. It would be, it's a bit complicated. While imagine now having a digital currency where a Bitcoin in Kenya is recognized the same way, the value of Bitcoin in Kenya is recognized the same way the value of Bitcoin in Angola. So me sending um, a Bitcoin to someone in Angola makes it very, very easy uh, because one, this is like a universal uh, you know, currency, you'd, call, you'd actually call it a universal currency. Remember in the world, we don't have a universal currency. We have reserve currencies that are owned by certain countries, like for example, the dollar or, or the euro or, or, or the yuan. Uh, these are funds that are specifically owned by these countries. However, when it comes to cryptocurrencies, uh, no one really, no government can lay claim to any cryptocurrency. Meaning that if the community believes that this asset, this digital asset has value and someone in Angola would accept, accept me, accept that he be paid in, in Bitcoin, it's just as easy as me buying Bitcoin here in Kenya and then I send it to, to him in Angola and then he withdraws his Bitcoin in the local currency in Angola. So that is, uh, that, that is a key u- unique point I see Africa leading in terms of uh, uh, of accepting uh, these digital currencies or these digital assets. Uh, I think you'd agree with me that um, we've had, you know, the, the, due to our colonial backgrounds, we have had, we really have had closed economic uh, boundaries within, uh, within, within, within Africa. And it's, it's uh, and cross-border remittances are quite complicated unless it, uh, you can imagine it's much easier for you to send money from the UK to Kenya than it would be for you to send money from maybe Congo or Congo, Congo Zaire to Congo DRC to Uganda. So, uh, and so I think that is one of the key use cases that uh, these cryptocurrencies will have in Africa. Has the world created a false narrative around cryptocurrencies and their use in funding criminal activity? In terms of the illicit activities on a crypto transaction, um, I think 2021, I think probably had the best reported year uh, where, where it was reported that the only 0.5, only 0.15% of all crypto transactions were actually illegal. 
this vindicates the notion that has always been out there that cryptocurrencies are used for for illegal, for illegal activities only. Uh, while we do not have the data separated in terms of the geographical locations uh, because of the of the nature of the transactions. See, like for example, if I send if I sent a Bitcoin from from Kenya to Uganda, no one would know I've sent it from Kenya to Uganda. But someone would know that there was, a, so there was some Bitcoin that was sent from one wallet, one wallet address to the other. So what the, what you, what they normally do or the traceability is in that since this my wallet is public, they'll actually just try and track the activities of my wallet, try how try and monitor how my funds have been moving from the specific wallet to another wallet. Up to, pro, up, pro, up to probably to a point where that the person is cashing out this money. And this normally happens in exchanges. And most of the exchanges that we have right now have very strict KYC and AML uh, regulations where every customer has to actually register themselves with their national IDs. And uh, that makes it a, a little bit harder for illegal transactions to, to happen on, on the blockchain. Contrary to what people believed uh, before, uh, trust me, if, if someone is using cash there, they can actually do more illegal things when they're using cash in its physical format than they can on, on the blockchain. Because on the blockchain, since it's, it's public knowledge or it's public ledger, it will definitely be tracked and, you, and, uh, uh, and it can be known who actually is, is using the... Oh, if they follow the money at one point, I'm sure they might be able to get to know who is using this, um, uh, who is doing these illegal uh, activities. Um, so um, the good thing about this is that uh, you can't really place. Uh, not it's, it's 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 actually positive or negative. You can't really place uh, the transaction in a specific geographical location. Like you can't know whether a Bitcoin transaction happened between Kenya and Uganda because it's on chain and uh, the own the on chain nature or the lack of uh, geographical boundaries uh, on on this on this network is actually is actually what is making this uh, technology um, uh, you know very very interesting to anyone who is getting into it. Uh, the fact that uh, the network is an equalizer on the value transfer or of from one geographical location to another makes it very attractive to anyone who wants to to get into it. We can't have the crypto conversation without talking about volatility. Why is this asset so volatile? I think the the main reason why the cryptos are very volatile is in the nature of their newness. Uh, you need to understand that cryptocurrencies and these digital assets are it's a completely new it's a completely new asset class that was not there before. Or that that the market, the normal financial markets have not really experienced it. So the newness, uh, the newness of this market makes it very speculative. And uh, this speculation is actually what makes it very volatile. Uh, cryptocurrency would fall even twenty percent in a day, but it will also rise in forty uh, percent in a day. This is the nature of this of this market. Uh, also, uh, and then one of the other things is that uh, the, f- the news really influence the volatility of these markets because uh, any negative news that comes from any government uh, will always be seen uh, as, as news that will make the market bearish or market tank uh, or any positive news that they, 
that the market receives makes it makes a makes the market very positive so it it reacts quite quite fast to uh to the news in the market to the general sentiments in the market there there are three things that are main uh, that lead to this uh, volatility one is the technical aspect of the one is the technical aspect of the asset itself uh two is the fundamentals that is the news and and the news you know all these news that come out regarding an asset and then the third one is now sentimental or social sentiments uh what people are talking about the asset if people are very positive about the a certain digital asset or cryptocurrency then uh, automatically that asset would tend to either go up uh either go up or go down depending on the type of news that has, that has come up for example uh if for example a blockchain has uh a blockchain network is clogged or is slow then it will tend to uh, to to impact on its token price negatively if uh, if the blockchain price has had a significant investment by a major by a major hedge fund or major venture, venture capitalist this shows that development is going to happen in, in the chain or in the blockchain that means and then that means that uh, people will be more positive or the market will receive this this uh, news more positively that was robert njogu founder neon i labs And a quick look of the other stories making it into the podcast. The economy of Angola advanced by 0.8% year on year in the third quarter of 2021, the fast expansion since the last quarter of 2018 following nine consecutive quarters of declines. Main drivers of growth were internal trade, transportation and storage, fisheries and construction. On the negative side, activities linked to the extraction and refining of petroleum plunged. mainly due to the maintenance of output cuts by the OPEC plus countries and China's decision to lower import quotas for independent refineries. Output also decreased for diamonds and other mineral extractions, finance and insurance attributed to a steep contraction of about 51% in the category hotels and restaurants. On a seasonally adjusted quarterly basis, GDP rose 0.5% after a 3.5% contraction in the previous period. Fitch Ratings announced that it has decided to downgrade Ghana's long-term foreign currency issuer default rating, the IDR, from B to a B-, while the outlook remains negative. The ratings agency cited Ghana's effective loss of access to international capital markets as the key reason behind the downgrade. The country's eurobond yields have spiked as concerns regarding public debt sustainability persist and monetary policy tightening by the Fed looms. In this regard, Fitch stated that Ghana's ongoing fiscal consolidation efforts might be hampered by the country's increased dependence on domestic borrowing with higher interest costs. Moreover, it increases the risk of Ghana not meeting its medium-term financing needs. That said, Fitch believes that the country has adequate liquidity and alternative external financing options to service near-term debt obligations without further eurobond issuances. Though it is possible that foreign investors in the domestic bond market may sell their holdings, especially if confidence in the government's fiscal consolidation strategy weakens further, which would place downward pressure on Ghana's forex reserves. Kenya has extended the suspension of all inbound and transit passenger flights from the United Arab Emirates by another week after Dubai failed to lift a ban on air travelers from the East African nation. 
The Kenya Civil Aviation Authority issued the order extending the Dubai flight suspension until January 24, 2022, after the two nations failed to reach a settlement. Kenya last Monday suspended all inbound and transit passenger flights from UAE to retaliate a move by Dubai to ban all passenger flights from the East African nation of a fake COVID test. The ban does not, however, affect cargo flights that are normally flown by carriers such as Kenya Airways and Emirates from UAE into Kenya. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at the Fedon.